Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, and welcome to Not So Linear, a podcast that's here to help normalise conversation around grief and help you feel less alone in your own journey. I'm your host, Tamsin, and each week I'll be interviewing some amazingly strong people who share their own stories on how they've navigated life after loss. But don't worry, we'll talk plenty about finding happiness, what inspires us and helps us to grow. And whilst none of our journeys are so linear, what we do know is that it's better to get through it together. Hey everybody, welcome to episode two. Today I talk with Catherine Hooker, who you may recognise from my episode on my grief story. Catherine lost her mum to cancer in 2015 when she was at university. And we spend this episode talking about how she struggled with her mental health for the first year after her mum's death and how important it is to work through your grief by finding the things that make you feel better. But as both being motherless daughters, we have a lot of common understanding and we share our thoughts on how losing someone close can create further anxiety around the death of others close to us. But Catherine's grief has now pushed her into becoming an inspiration to other young grievers by creating an amazing community through the Dead Parent Club. Details of her Instagram are in the show notes below. Thank you so much and make sure that you subscribe and share with anybody that you think this will be helpful for. Thank you. Maybe you could tell the listeners a bit about yourself so we know who you are, what you do. Um, Yes, so my name is Catherine um, and I am the host of the Dead Parent Club podcast. I also work for a big e-commerce giant in the UK and I work in marketing and I live in the north of England near to where Tamsin originally comes from as well. Well, kind of. Um, I'm 25. I suppose that's me in a nutshell, really. So what is it that brought you to do your grief podcast? Maybe you could tell everybody like your grief story. Um, it's so funny for me, like I'm not used to being on the on the other side of the questions. Like it's quite such a strange experience. So my mum was diagnosed with cancer when I was 16. Um, it was bowel cancer. And it like all that's kind of a bit of a bit of a blur to be fair. And by the time I was 18, she was given the all clear. So that was when I kind of thought, right, that bit of my life is behind me and then literally I think like three to six months later my dad picked me up from uni one night I went to university university in Lancaster which is up north about just over an hour away and he, to be fair he would pick me up and bring me home quite often because he used to work in Preston which is quite nearby so I don't think it was weird him coming to pick me up we got back to back to the house and we were on the driveway and I thought everything was fine and then he just went oh by the way I wasn't working in Preston today and I was like oh god my god why did you drive all the way to Lancaster to pick me up like you didn't need to do that that's such a way and he was like um your mum was diagnosed terminal today her cancer's come back it's in the lungs and we just found out and I just wanted to come and get you so it's so mad that that was like the moment that like I was just like oh my god what sinking moment yeah and it was so weird like I remember it so much just like walking into the house walking into like we have like this like snug room in the back of the house and I was just sobbing and sobbing and sobbing I was like curled up next to her my mum was like it's okay it's gonna be okay and my grandma was crying she was there my mum's mum um and yeah that was like the beginning of the end like it's so weird to think about that and I think she she didn't want any chemotherapy or anything because she was diagnosed terminal she didn't want it to 
limit what she could do. She was, she was told she'd have about two years to live. So she was diagnosed, I think, in January 2014 and she died November 2015. So just under two years, um, just under two months before her 50th birthday, which she'd been planning for ages as well. She was going to have a big like barn dance in the garden and make a big do of it. Yeah, so I think at the time I was 20, I was just like, crap, like, what the hell? <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> um, Shock, isn't it? You just don't think that's going to happen to you. Or yeah, to yeah, I kind of, I look back at it now and I, I want to give me a hug because I don't think you really, you realise the enormity of it when it happens. Like, it's devastating, like, absolutely devastating. But it's only as, like, you kind of go through grief and as time passes by that you realise just how much it affects every single thing in your life so much and obviously I think a lot of people feel like this like they feel very alone and isolated in what they're going through because as a young adult you know not many of our friends have experienced the death of a parent or even somebody that they're particularly close to like we're sheltered from it so much as we're growing up but I was really lucky when I was at uni to have a best friend called Sam whose dad died a year before my mum did they were the same age we got got on really really well and we just found this like amazing friendship that we'd bonded over our grief and just being able to have those honest conversations with somebody are just invaluable and one day we were sat just having our like griefy conversations and joking about death and <laughs> things that we do <laughs> and um and we were like oh, i wonder if, if this if our conversations would help anybody and we were just like let's just start a podcast so, like that very night we recorded our first episode we got like a domain we set everything live and we did it together for it must have been about a year some loves traveling and so she was in australia for a lot of it it became very difficult and um, with the time differences as i'm sure you'll know especially yeah. in winter <laughs> it's a nightmare and it got to the point where it kind of she just kind of had to take a step back so i've been continuing with it myself and yeah it's over i think it must have been 20 september 2018 when i started so it's over two years old now and it's my baby it's kind of growing you must feel so much comfort by talking to all these different people. I mean, what's it like getting to hear everybody's different grief stories every couple of weeks, really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I bet you're getting a taste of it now for yourself anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you have to be very resilient. I've said it on my podcast a few times myself. I've got podcast grief cat and like real grief cat. Like if I let myself, you know, as somebody who's lost a parent or anybody close to them, you're very you really really connect with how with people's emotions and how devastating their stories can be so I feel like if I went into recording a podcast the people with the same mindset that I go through my day-to-day life I wouldn't be able to cope like very emotional yeah like there's sometimes I'm recording two episodes in one day I record like two three a week I have to kind of have like a wall between being on the microphone and kind of having my own space so it's funny a lot of people say oh doing the podcast must really help you in your grief journey but it actually means that I have to make a conscious effort to give myself give myself my own space to grieve and process it because you're always carrying other people's yeah I totally understand what you mean and I find that sometimes with my grief group like I get a bit nervous before I'm going to it and I put a bit of a wall up because I think if people were to get upset when I meet them then it could trigger me and then the next week or so I could then feel sad but we know that by doing things like this it helps us to talk about it and open up because sometimes I realize I shut it off for a few like yeah. months and then yeah. this actually helps keep it a bit close to the surface I guess yeah 100% like if, if it wasn't for the podcast I would like not I would never have the opportunity to speak about my mum really and I think even though on the podcast I don't talk about her that often like this is the first time I've told my own story and god knows how long even just having the opportunity to like say it 
say her name a few times or to say something about her a few times is a massive help. I think especially in lockdown, if I wasn't doing it, I would never have the opportunity to speak about her because nobody's going to be asking about her. So how did you find those few years or let's say the first year after your mum passed away? Did you find that there were things that helped you with your mental health, your state of well-being? Was there anything that you had to do to kind of keep yourself Sticking over, surviving, holding on for dear life. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the first year after my mum died was really, really hard. I struggled with my mental health massively. And I think it's something that I'll always struggle with. But like you said then, like there were things that I've managed to kind of hold on to that I've kind of kept in like a little toolkit that helped me literally just survive <laughs> through day-to-day life, especially when grief like rears its head again. And I think for that first year, I didn't really, I couldn't, I was still trying to navigate it. I hadn't really settled into any kind of routines or I hadn't really found anything in particular that helped me because I was, I was meant to be my third year at uni. I'd intercalated my year so I'd kind of like suspended my final year I was still living in Lancaster because I paid for that accommodation so I was still living that kind of university lifestyle I was working part-time in a jewelry shop I was working in Pandora so can you imagine every oh, yeah. day and people coming in like oh, I'm buying a gift for my mum like oh my god yeah that was interesting so I was kind of surrounded by that kind of party lifestyle and I think it's being at uni isn't really a great place to find a routine or a structure that's going to help you through your grief. So it wasn't really until I moved home a year and a half after my mum had died when I kind of fell into play. Like I got basically found a friendship with somebody who had lost his mum when he was young. And he just became a really good influence in my life. He was a personal trainer, so he got me into exercise he took like a very holistic approach to training. So like he talked about the importance of sleep and like building a healthy relationship with food and like we'd go on at walking and stuff. And that just kind of helped me figure out the things that make me feel good in my grief. I've realized over time that the things that make me feel good are like moving my body, even if it's going for a walk, like I need the space. Journaling, writing down everything that I'm thinking. It's like I've got one of my friend's parents um, passed away recently and the first thing I bought her was a a journal because I just think being able to write down everything that you're thinking that you don't always want to say it out loud sometimes you're thinking terrible things um, and you don't want to say them out loud to anybody so it's better to just write them down on paper and I don't know I've just kind of I've got gotten to know myself a lot more and I think that's something that I always say to people is like try and take the time to get to know yourself and get to know what makes you feel good what makes the grief feel a little less heavy but also purposefully making time in your life for your grief as well I think everyday life we can get so overwhelmed with like work socializing like just the pressures of everything that we need to do that we build our grief up so much that then suddenly it just like collapses out of us and it it feels suffocating and that's why I think journaling is really helpful if you can kind of give yourself time even like once per week to just kind of check in with yourself and how you're feeling yeah I agree I really want to do journaling because I used to do that kind of thing in the past but I, I notice that now if my anxiety gets bad that it's because I'm not writing things down so yeah such good advice to give yeah I think it's been a, a savior for me and I kind of went through a phase of not doing it for ages and now in this lockdown like every morning I get up early I get up before my partner so I have that time for myself and I I sit and like I write I might do like a meditation or something and like I really value that time 
by myself because otherwise I just wouldn't get it. Did you feel like you only started really to protest your grief when you came out of that uni experience? No, I think I feel like it was definitely when I got home because when you're living away from home and when things going on around you, you don't really like your day to day life isn't doesn't feel as affected because I was living away from her anyway. I think the biggest thing was not having that person to call every day. Like that was what I struggled with the most and kind of like you know that kind of ache in your chest that you get like. I was very lonely. I was struggling with my mental health. I was in a bit of a pit and like I would struggle to get out of bed and I just wasn't in the position to kind of start healing myself in any way. And I think it wasn't until I'd moved back home, I was kind of forced into this house where she had died and where we'd spent the last couple of years of her life. And I was thrown into everyday life, but it gave me that structure that I needed to kind of really start working on myself it's just all those memories isn't it It brings it back Mm -hmm. because that's the place that you grew up with your mum yeah massively and it was the place where she where she died so it was funny a lot of people around me who obviously haven't experienced the loss and stuff they were like oh does it does it not make you feel really weird like sitting in that room where your mum died and do you not find it strange like I don't know like the people say like oh I could never have my like parent die at home I'd just be reminded of their death all the time and it's funny how it's not really like that I can sit in that room now and not always think about her dying I think people I don't know they have this like perception of of death and if it being of like people like haunting spaces and stuff but yeah, I think, I do think that home never felt like home again after she died. It was never a place that I craved to be because my mum was home. You know, when you said like home is a place. Like me and my dad were never really that close. I was very much a mummy's girl. So I did find after that that home didn't really exist anymore. I kind of felt more at home with family than I did in my house. <laughs> they always say that, don't they? Home is where the heart is. It's not, mm. not always about the physical place. Mm. Yeah, my do you have any siblings or are you the only child? I have two older brothers. There, well, Martin is nine years older than me and Pete is seven years older than me. So we didn't really grow up together in such a sense because I suppose by the time I was 10 out of the house know. at uni and yeah, like, so there definitely aren't the people that I would go to to talk about my mum. Like, I think we have that common ground where like we both know how shit it is and how hard it is, but we, yeah, we don't, they're not the people that I would turn to. Definitely not. Yeah. I think when it comes to talking to your siblings about grief, it's so different for every family, isn't it? And Beth mm-hmm. and I also had this same conversation because um, in my experience, my brother and sister and I, we didn't talk about it for like the first few years. It was only really now until we've become a lot older and more mature. But I just think it can be a really tough thing to talk to your brothers and sisters mm-hmm. about, definitely. Yeah, and I think I think a lot of the time you kind of have to you had to have had some kind of close relationship before they died as well because you can't kind of forge something from nothing and a lot of people say like oh you know after somebody dies you get really close with your family but that's not the case for every family I'm sure it is for some but for others it's just like a stone that you do leave unturned. (laughs) Would you say there's anything positive that's come from your grief? I know obviously you you love your mum so much and you'd do anything to still have her here but there must be some stuff that has been amazing to come out in a way that's positive that's helped other people through your podcast mm. oh my god yeah massively um i'm a big advocate of finding the positive in grief <laughs> i feel like if we want to survive just through our everyday lives then we have to kind of grab hold of something that makes that kind of shines a light on all the crap the horrible situation that we've gone through but i feel like for me it's definitely been kind of approaching life through like 
different eyes. I am such a huge believer that people that have lost somebody close to them approach their life in a completely different manner to everybody else. And nobody will understand that until it's happened to you. But like, you realize how fragile everything is, but you also realize like how much you love the people that are around you. Like, I feel like when my mum died, all of the love that she had for like for me and my dad, my brothers and like her brothers and sisters and my cousins and nephews and for all of them, it kind of got passed on to me. And even though I've still got this like gaping hole in my chest for like where she should be, I also feel like I've got this like huge need to just like pass on this love to other people. And I much prefer the person that I am now to the person that I was before my mum died. Like I'll be the first to say that I was probably quite selfish. I took everything for granted. I just didn't have an appreciation for anything. And now just having my family became everything to me. I'd do anything to to see them and to spend time with them. And I don't think that I would have that much value for my family if it hadn't been for the fact that my mum had died. And it's such a weird thing to think, yes, I would absolutely do anything to have my mum back. Like I often like sit here and close my eyes and I try and remember what it felt like. Have a hug from her, like you know, when you're on the sofa and you lie next to them. I'm also like, who would I be if my mum hadn't have died and will I actually like this person and will I be doing something that actually matters in my life like with the podcast I've got a purpose and and I feel like I'm making a difference doing something to help other people and what would I be doing if she was actually here would I just be another blip like (laughs) just passing by it's pushed you down a path that's taking you somewhere quite exciting it's helped you to probably open up to a lot more opportunities and really push Mm. yourself yeah 100% I think I definitely I got more of like a lust for life and like I'm never really never really want to say no and yeah I just I I appreciate my friends and my family so much I just I just want to hug everyone (laughs) (laughs) so emotional I also think it's so amazing now how many people are on like Instagram and Facebook in this massive grief community it's just such a nice place to be isn't it in terms of being able to easily reach out to people and you know that whoever they are or whatever they're doing they're always going to be open to listening to you or to hear from you oh my god it's insane like when my mum died I did not know that there was a grief community on Instagram like holy crap <laughs> like if I obviously never envisioned myself being a part of this and I feel like you only really stumble across it if you go out looking for it, which I think is the beautiful thing about it. If you if you want it, you'll find it and it'll be there. But I think it breaks my heart seeing all these people that have obviously lost somebody so close to them and they're going through this like just like mad situation. But the fact that when once I'd felt so alone in what I was going through and that like nobody understood at all what I felt like to now one having conversations with so many people that do understand everything that I'm saying and they can be like oh my god yes like absolutely I felt like that too and also just see on Instagram all these people just talking so openly about how one like grief can completely mess you up how it impacts your whole life how it can also make your life so much more beautiful people are so raw I do think that we are incredibly lucky social media is it can be a not a great place and I think it can be a really toxic place but the fact that there is a safe space for grievers to go to and not be bombarded by all like the false 
crap of everybody else's lives and pretending that they're all perfect I think is amazing we've got somewhere where we feel seen and where that's something that we can relate to and I think that is so invaluable what kind of things would you say to somebody who was going through grief right now if they were somebody in the very early stages what type of advice or words would you want to give them such a big question like I ask this to all all of my guests as well it's funny I I ask it so blase like come on what's your advice (laughs) when you're actually like when you're actually in that position it's like oh my god when I've had friends and stuff who've lost somebody I I am actually lost for words as to what to say because I realize the immensity of what they're going through and how at that time what people say to you doesn't really mean a crap people's words kind of just wash over your head like you're very much in your head you're like nobody's grief is bigger than mine right now this is the biggest thing that I'm ever going to have to go through and I can't cope and I think one just one of the biggest things that I can say that really helped me is there is a happy life to have even if right now it feels like there is absolutely no hope for you to go through a full day without crying or like go through a full day without just having that really heavy chest feeling there will be times again when you can laugh without then feeling guilty afterwards when you can look to the future and instead of wanting to cry the fact that that person's not going to be there you actually look to and see all the exciting opportunities that are that are ahead of you as well I just think knowing that happiness is a choice and you can get there you just kind of have to keep going every day wake up get through it and little by little your life does change and you're able to adapt to this feeling that you carry with you constantly but it does get a little less heavy and you're able to just enjoy life as time goes on especially now I actually do think people are more aware of mental health and that COVID and 2020 has really helped people to be more open so I really like the idea of our podcasts and our groups to really help make it easier for people to find our content because there's so much good content out there to help those people but it's making it really easy to find as well you know what you've done in the time that you have you know since your mum's passed away you've really built such an amazing group of people as well and I bet you get contacted by so many people to you know like me like to want to have you speak on their podcast you're actually wrong oh really (laughs) yeah I think this might be the first podcast that I will be on as a guest actually oh yeah it's a big day yeah I don't too far I don't I get I mean don't be wrong I, I get messages from people who are obviously grieving and they found the page and stuff but yeah not really it's so it is actually I feel very blessed that you've asked me to come on Thank you so much for listening to the Not So Linear podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review across Apple, Spotify or Google podcasts. Thank you.